0: You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Thursday, July the 25th, in the year of our Lord 2019. And being a Rumination Thursday, we have on the air with us Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing really good. I had a lot of fun last night. I was preaching at a congregation, and I began with this question. When you get home from work or from school, would Jesus rather have you look at TV or read the Bible? (laughs) Okay. And of course, everybody thought, read the Bible. (laughs) And I said, no, I disagree with that. It was on the basis of Mary and Martha. Uh. And I made this point that Of course we should be reading the Bible, but nowhere in the Bible does it say that you can't watch TV. In fact, I had a good friend who was a pastor who did not own a television. He didn't want his children infected by it. And I kind of criticized him because, and I think you're also with me on this, By looking at certain television programs and news, we we get a lot of material for sermons because that's what our people are looking at.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
0: In In fact, fact, uh, one of them uh, that we need to talk about is The Bachelorette.
1: Yeah, that's uh, kind of going through our society right now. There's been a lot of discussion Between the the bachelorette and one of the contestants.
0: Would you give a little background to what you're talking about? Because I was unaware of this until you uh, alerted me to it.
1: Well, it goes to show you're not watching TV. (laughs) No, (laughs) in fact,
0: I haven't turned on television channels for about six months. Mm -hmm. You know why? I, I watch everything on YouTube oh, okay. there's no advertising so, you get documentaries you get stories you got movies you got all kinds of things so I sure. uh, about the only time I turned it on there was a sports event we wanted to see the end of but other than that it's on uh, YouTube and this sort of thing but so I had not even heard of the bachelorette explain what the program's about how does it work Well, The
1: Bachelorette comes on about this time of the year, and it's one lady looking, seeking to get married and find a husband. And they line up about 20-plus guys that uh, vie for her attention. And then over the weeks and months, she weeds them down, you know, with a rose ceremony uh, to the ones that she wants to keep around. And how does so she, goes, she do
0: that? Does she just are they up on a stage and she's just asking them questions and the one who give the best answers she finally chooses or what?
1: Well, they go on what they call dates. Sometimes it's a group date, which is five or ten guys at one time, or uh, alone time with with guys. And especially the the night of the rose ceremony, they're they're spending some. Time talking to her out in a garden or some place in the, in the house where where the ceremony takes place. So you know they spend uh, some alone time. They spend group time, and off of that, she's supposed to make her decision which one she wants to keep till the next round. And of course, each week it gets less and less, and now they're down to three, three and four.
0: Now, you said and, uh, there was some controversy involved recently? Well, what
1: happened was uh, both uh, the Bachelorette and one of the men professed uh, openly that they were Christians, born-again Christians. And uh, the the guy went on to say that, uh, according to Hebrews, you know, marriage should be held in honor and, and the bed undefiled. And... Uh, he proclaimed one night the night that they call fantasy night fantasy night is a fantasy room where they can spend the night together and who knows what happens and he made the claim you know because of the marriage held in honor that they shouldn't have he did she have sex with the other guys because he's holding himself off not that he was pure himself he but uh, he's he's decided to become celibate the last three or four years.
0: Uh-huh. I mean, profet- How profet- did she react teaching.
1: to that? Well, she went on to say, yes, I had sex, and Jesus still loves me, and who are you to judge me? And,
0: and she says she's a said. Christian?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, she proclaimed that uh, Jesus still loves her.
0: Uh, here's the direct quote. I had sex and Jesus still loves me. You know. Well, of course you, could. you know, even a pedophile can say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I fooled around with a little boy and Jesus still loves me. I mean, uh, who doesn't Jesus still love? Right. There, there's nobody he doesn't love. So it doesn't matter what you say at the front of it. See this is where Christianity is really different than everything else. She gets she seems to be giving the impression that Jesus still loves her because she's not doing anything wrong.
1: No, it well, uh she goes on to say say it's her faith and not faith and not say its faith in Jesus but it's her faith and she knows that Jesus still loves her, and it's it's okay. In other words, she set herself up as judge and jury without re- realizing. She condemns him for being judgmental because he brings up the topic, then turns around and judges him.
0: So if somebody kidnaps her daughter, let's say she has a daughter, then she cannot accuse that person of kidnapping because she would be judging. Yeah. I mean where this is how good the devil is at getting in people's minds they they're thoroughly confused over this in fact name somebody who's going to hell that Jesus doesn't love hmm you won't be able to name anybody
1: no well the bible itself says god so loved the world exactly he
0: he yeah not god so loved the believers or any particular religion god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son in, in other words god loves sinners regardless of where they are at but he doesn't love the sin that's where she's well, getting really mixed yeah. up
1: and it allows for what you would call what she keep grace I can go ahead and sin and it doesn't make any difference because God still loves me and forgives me? Yeah, Wouldn't the, that be?
0: yeah uh, and you know how I often respond, I'll have somebody in my Uber cab, and they'll say, well, if you believe in forgiveness, you can do anything you want. And then I say, do you have parents? And they say <laughs> yes, and I say, do you love them? Oh, yeah. So when you come home after a date, you go in the driveway and you puncture all their tires out, right? They say, oh, I would never do that. Well, if they love you, can't you do anything you want and they'll still love you? And and then Mm -hmm. they get the the point I'm making is that, yes, God loves us, but if we love God, we're going to feel bad when we go against his will. And it's obvious that she doesn't feel bad.
1: Mm. So whereas in John 14, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Yes. Yeah. A love for Jesus is to follow what he has to say, not what we think.
0: You know, this is a problem. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago uh, during the Pentecost season. There was a pastor who said the meaning of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit replaces God's law. Mm. In other words, if you want to know what you should do, just hear what's inside of you. And if the Spirit is telling you you can go ahead and do this, then it cannot be a sin. And we don't have to follow the laws of the Bible anymore because we're free from that bondage. Now, there's no doubt we're free from the bondage of when not following the law, we would be going to hell. Christ has freed us from that, but he hasn't freed us from the idea that therefore we can do anything we want, and it's not a sin, as long as we have a feeling within us that that's okay to do it.
1: And really, doesn't it also... Make for uh, um, that as Christians we should talk to one another if we find ourselves caught in sin.
0: Yes, uh, I've often made this distinction between judging we can do and judging we can't. And I use the courtroom, the jury, they make the decision guilt or innocent. The judge decides what the punishment is. As Christians, we can be juries, but we cannot be a judge. Mm. So when the Bible says judge not, that means we can't look at the works of another person and say, oh, that person is going to hell for sure, because by our works, we should be going to hell also if you're saved by works rather than through faith in Jesus Christ.
1: Well, that kind of comes up to the, the why some people say I don't go to church because I see how Christians act on on the outside during the week and they sure aren't very loving and of course the response comes back where else do you want them but on church on a sunday morning hearing god's word
0: yeah that's kind of like saying uh, i don't think we should have hospitals because every time i go to a hospital there's sick people in there <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that is so dumb uh what's a hospital for what's a church for it's for individuals who cannot control themselves and who have an understanding of God's will contrary to the Bible, and that's right. why they need to go to church.
1: And just like at a hospital, when they go and say, "You know, I'm in need of help. I need to to get get myself healthy again," we do that on a Sunday morning in the, the confession. I, a poor miserable sinner. Uh, The recognition that we are in need of God's grace and forgiveness.
0: And what is the treatment that the pastor then gives?
1: Well, he gives the absolution. Exactly. In the stead stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you
0: all all your sins. Exactly. And, you know, I, I don't understand women who do these kinds of things don't they realize that they're being used by men? Yeah. They they have no freedom. They have been controlled by Satan and become the playthings of men who do not want women to have Christian values because then they lose out on a lot of fun. Now, by the way, what happened to this actor?
1: Well, he was uh, booted off. She, She... Uh, um, told him to go home, and, and miraculously, as as some put it, the, the the car was the SUV was waiting for him to take him out of there, uh, and she gave him a finger salute on the way
0: out. Boy, he was very fortunate. Oh yeah, because you can't trust that woman with that kind of an yeah. attitude. Even if she married him, she's going to end up with other men all the time.
1: Well, it was interesting. It was brought up, the question was brought up to him by the host of the show uh, the following week. Yeah. Would he Would he want an independent woman or does he want a woman controlled by him? You know, and, and his original answer before that came up was, he he saw himself as the spiritual leader of the family, right? And they they switched it to uh, that he was a controlling ma- masculine male. You know, uh, not giving her rights to, to think. As a result, there.
0: How would you answer that question? Do you want an independent woman or someone you can control?
1: I would say neither. I say I, what I would want is is a wife. That, that believes first in Jesus Christ.
0: But using the terms independent and control, here's how I would answer it. I okay. definitely want an independent woman who follows Jesus. Mm. Because if she's not independent, she's going to follow Satan. Mm-hmm. It, it takes courage to follow Jesus. And in this day and age... In fact, uh, I found that out at a uh, couple of congregations I was at before the ones I'm at now. It, it just seemed um, a young man or a young woman decided to get married, and they set it up for nine months after that, something like that. And all of their friends were wondering why they haven't started living together.
1: Mm. Well, you know, it brings up the... the Some of the epistles that start out where Paul says, I, a servant, or I, a slave of Jesus Christ. One is either a slave to Satan or a slave to Christ, is it not?
0: That's right. Are you independent in the sense of being a slave to the devil, or are you independent being a slave to Jesus? See, people don't realize this. When you trust in Jesus, that is the highest level of independence. Because, take a look at the word, independent. You are dependent on Jesus for everything. That's the kind of woman I like. (laughs) And That's the kind of woman we ended up marrying. (laughs) No, I got one that I can control. So <laughs> no, I am kidding. If yeah, I, right. I'm going to come home. and There's going to be no lunch for me. <laughs> In fact, that's what Mary and Martha. Is so the the other question I asked: Would Jesus prefer that you be making dinner or listening to a Bible study? And of course, everybody thought my answer was going to be listening to a Bible study. To a Bible study. And yeah. I said no because KFUO is on like 12 hours a day. Uh, If I came home, I would never have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, because Louise was saying, well, I'm following what you said with Mary and Martha. I'm listening to the KFUO and didn't have time to make (laughs) a (laughs) meal.
1: That'd be a way to get out of it, huh?
0: You see, Mary and Martha really doesn't have anything to do so much with a Bible study it's kind of interesting. Well, this was the other question I asked. There were three questions with this sermon. I said, okay, here's the third question. Who would disagree that Martha was angry at Mary for not helping her? And, of course, mm-hmm. everybody agreed with that. And I said, no, I disagree with that. And they didn't understand it. And then I read the text again where Mary turns to Jesus and says this, don't you care that my sister is not helping me? You go and tell her to help me. Wasn't that Martha? That's Martha talking to Jesus Jesus, about Mary. The Mary and Martha shows how much unbelief was in Martha at that time. Can, Can you imagine saying to God, Well, thanks a lot for the situation you put me into, which Israel Mm. did after they crossed the Red Sea. They actually wanted to go back to be in prison in Egypt because there they had water, bread, and meat. Mm. Any other God would have destroyed them all. What did Jesus do? He gave them water, bread, and meat.
1: But would you say Martha learned from that?
0: Well... Take a look at the death of Lazarus. Who goes running out to see Jesus? Not Mary. Martha. And then Jesus says, well, he will rise again. And Martha then says, well, I know he'll rise again on the last day. Where did she learn that? She had to learn it from him. That's right. And then he says, you know, He goes ahead and raises them that day, and he asks her, uh, do you believe I'm the Christ? And she says, yes, I believe you're Christ, the son of the living God. Talk about faith. And so this is important. We gotta get this across. In this day and age, many teenagers are falling into the prey of Satan and talking like this woman is talking about being able to go to bed with everybody and testing them out and this sort of thing. That can be forgiven, when you come to a recognition that that was sin. And once it's forgiven, it's as though it never happened.
1: And the Psalms it says as far as the east is from the west and as far as it is above the heavens, so far as he removed our sins, those
0: it, that believe in him. That's right, because Romans really makes it clear that what forgiveness is, is God no longer holds you accountable for paying for your sins. Who did he hold accountable?
1: He held Jesus accountable.
0: Exactly. And and that's why Christianity is the most ridiculous religion from a human point of view.
1: Takes all the work out of it,
0: huh? We have no work to contribute or participate in, and that's what makes people angry. Christianity, when they first hear it, they first can't understand that they're that sinful. And second mm-hmm. of all, they can't understand how a carpenter from Nazareth took care of that sin.
1: It's completely foreign to, to the world. We've discussed this before. It's man's religion versus God's religion. God is is Jesus doing it all. Yep. And man is, what can I do?
0: On the previous program, Coffee Hour, they had uh, Sharon Reardon on, who is helping immigrants who are coming over to study, and they're providing them with furniture and this sort of thing. Uh, she was actually the Sunday school superintendent of my congregation when I was at St. James, and married uh, a gentleman who went through my adult instruction class, Steve Bird, and tremendous pastor. But she was talking about that when they're talking to the... Uh, these immigrants who come over and they have visas to study here, um, she introduced her husband as pastor. And the girl who had come from another country didn't know what a pastor was. Oh, my. Yes. Well, and they want to Well, she was in a group, she said, and I don't know how many of them are there. I think there were 12 of these immigrants. And she asked them, how many of you have heard the name Jesus? Nobody put their hand up.
1: What an opportunity.
0: Yes. And that's what I'm doing with Uber. I'm really looking forward to going out at night these times because about... Oh, maybe 50% of the time, we do get in a conversation about religion. And I'm learning a lot about how unbelievers regard Christianity and what they don't know about it and provides many of an opportunity there uh, to deal with uh, uh, people's ignorance in order that they might come to faith in Jesus Christ
1: yeah and that's kind of why i wanted to d- discuss the topic we had this morning yes is it gets so twisted out there in, in terms of what independence is and i think you made a good distinction there between independence with satan and independence with with jesus
0: yes if you're independent with satan you're dependent on satan if you're independence in christ you're dependent on christ and it's a huge difference And that's why, like I said, I had a good friend who refused to have a television in his house because he didn't want his kids hearing all this nonsense that's going on these days. But I think it's better. I would, uh, in in Youth Confirmation, uh, I would tape some uh, commercials or programs, and then I would say, okay, what is wrong with this from a Christian point of view? And get them to analyze uh, commercials or programs that were uh, antithetical to Christianity.
1: Or in confirmation, I used to spend a time where they could bring in their music and we'd sit down and, and take a look at what it said and what it is portraying. And after a year that they didn't want to do it the second year.
0: And you're talking about the music that they're listening to on the radio or privately. Radio. Yeah,
1: rock.
0: Yeah. This rock music, yes. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. In fact, studies in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod have shown that a lot of these millennials don't want to go to church and hear that kind of music in church. They want something different, something more spiritual. And they get to recognize this. In fact, I was talking to Mark Laverty, and they were having. Uh, a subway, I'm trying to think, it was in California, and they always had a lot of fights on there. And somebody noticed the music they were playing was this rock stuff. So they started mm. playing classical music by Bach, etc., and the fights went down 80%. Wow. That's the difference.
1: It makes a big difference.
0: Yes. So... You haven't decided what we're going to be doing next week, but it looks like uh, we'll be back on the air next Thursday again for our Rumination Thursday to talk about something. I'm looking forward to see what you come up with.
1: Okay, good talking to you. Glad that uh, we could discuss this. It really brought some clarity to mind.
0: Yes, and uh, we really need to talk to our wives and and convince them we're not controlling them.
1: i think they know that already
0: (laughs) i tell you i don't know about yours but i often feel controlled (laughs) thanks so much okay god bless and i'm tom baker and tomorrow is going to be open mic friday and we encourage you to phone in maybe you have a question about what wes and i just talked about Uh, maybe you have some suggestions or advice till tomorrow then